1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad.
3: No, ma'am, we do not have a sense of humor we're aware of. May we come in?
2: Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
3: They had a great chemistry, and so to me that's going to be very important is what kind of chemistry that we have with the other coaches. Um the communication between with all the other coaches, and then uh, the next thing is to try to get the best guy. Obviously, we would have liked to see him more on the field, but you know, quite honestly, for him to get on the field is an unbelievable achievement. Uh, you know, when this injury happened, I mean, I can kind of go through it. There was, you know, we researched this injury. There was 24 of these similar types of injuries through all sports. Half of them never came back. <clears throat> and I think the earliest one that anybody ever came back was 24 months.
0: Uh, Mike Zimmer talking about Teddy, talking about the offensive coordinator opening. Who was the name that just surfaced? So we know about Daryl Bevel interviewing tomorrow. We know yeah. Ben McAdoo's name came up, Kevin Ke- Stefanski internally. Yeah,
1: the Strip reported uh, Stefanski's going to go talk to Zimmer at his ranch. The Houston Texans yeah. uh, quarterback get- coach? Yeah, I'm getting his name called up here because I don't know. But, yes, it, it was the Houston Texans quarterback's coach, uh, Tom Pelissero, our colleague here or former colleague, uh, reported Sean Ryan, who I have not heard of before till today. The Texans quarterback's coach is going to uh, yes. be part of the interview process along with uh, Bevel and Stefanski. Yes,
0: give me the guy who molded the clay that is Tom Savage. Yes, I want him as the Vikings offensive coordinator. Or the guy who was the coach of Deshaun Watson's six awesome games, and now, now teams can overreact to success via proximity to mm-hmm, success. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm always a little bit leery when I see guys like Joe Philbin. Oh, he was around Aaron Rodgers once in a while, so let's hire him. Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo. Same oh, he's been deal. around. He's been around. Eli Manning. And Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers, and then, yeah.
1: Then he, so he went from Packers, I think he was like tight ends coach, got promoted and or moved to quarterbacks coach, worked with Aaron for a few years, then – the Giants decided, I think, to go to a West Coast offensive system. Yeah. So they hired him as OC. And then after like two years in that job, he got the head coaching. It's
0: job. Like, just because you work at Tesla doesn't mean you're Elon Musk. So, some, and that's how it works in the NFL, where uh, if you look at the coaches and, and coordinators who get interviews every single year, it's without failure. It's 80% of them are just the coordinators of the defenses that performed the best that year. Uh-huh. And never mind the fact that they had eight Pro Bowlers and. Not, not to take away credit. You know, obviously, if the defense or the offense is really good, then the coaches and coordinators have something to do with it. They must be geniuses, Phil. Yes, but it's funny how that works, right? Like Pat Shermer might not be head coaching material, but damn it, he's going to get a job because sure. Case Keenum was awesome, and it can't just be that he's a really good coordinator and that's what he's meant to do. Mm-hmm. It's that no, he's got to be a Wade great head coach.
1: Yeah, Wade Phillips got. I, I mean, w- Wade Phillips is a very good defensive coordinator and. We, we know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. But he kept getting head coaching jobs because everyone assumed, well, if he's this good as a coordinator, he's got to be a good head coach. I, I think there was a uh, one of the Packers' new assistants that got introduced yesterday. I think his quote was, I think it was Mike Pettin. I think he said, I have no interest in being a head coach from here on out because I realized being a head coach is like being a principal, and I want to be a teacher. Hmm. Like, if you realize that, you're really smart
0: that's interesting and uh, Mike Zimmer has found a way to do a little of both but it man if you want to if you if you take your pie chart of 24 hours in a day and you want to devote some of it to family or you want to devote some of it to hobbies or something it's over. you can't be a head coach no and also be a guy who calls plays and coordinates uh all right anyways so here's the good news for the Vikings even though there's a lot of case studies both historically for the Vikings and for teams that get smoked in the NFC Championship game recently that you don't bounce back from that, Mm -hmm. the Vikings have almost $60 million in cap room, according to OverTheCap.com, going into next year. The projected salary cap is up to $191 million already Mm -hmm. in the NFL. And the Vikings have 130 million to $135 million in contracts tied up. Now, the yeah but here is you got almost $60 million in cap room, but you don't have any quarterbacks under contract. It's possible you may have to spend $20 million on one guy or multiple guys, maybe upwards of $25 million. So that, that reduces your cap space by almost 50%. Mm-hmm. But you have a list of guys. Let's go through these. You throw these out. Possible extensions, young players or players emerging into their primes that the Vikings have to make decisions on. Do you want to invest in a multi-year deal? Correct. And and give give this guy a bunch of money.
1: Uh, five names of current key Vikings players who are sit uh, who are set to hit the open market in what would be March of 2019.
0: Now before we go into these five guys, are we putting any restrictions on this? Like, hey, they can only afford three out of five. Because if no. they can afford all five, I like I like all
1: five of these guys. No def- n- no restrictions, but decisions. Uh, for, for instance, who do you go to in, let's say, June or July and say, let's lock you up for four years right now, okay? So so with their cap space, they're in good shape, but I'm going to give you five names of players who, who basically I think you could probably retain at least three, maybe all five, but that might be a stretch. Okay. Trey Waynes, Stefan Diggs, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Daniil Hunter. Those are your five names. So all all five have mm. played instrumental roles, important roles. All five play a lot. Um, but I mean, in in Hunter's case, if you don't re-sign him and he hits the market, you could bring him back, but somebody very well is going to come mm. and say, Daniil, we will give you a huge contract.
0: So short answer is I, I all five bring value to the table. There's a couple that have some flaws. Like Trey Wayne's has Trey Waynes has some areas where he's really improved in. He's also got some areas that he needs to get better in. But I, I think investing in him, if I had to only pick like three or four of them and I had to start, okay, now i got to start ranking them based on priority, Stefan Diggs is pretty high on this list because you don't have a quarterback. And if you do bring a quarterback back like a, like a Teddy Bridgewater or Case Keenum, it's not Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. If you have Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees – You can get away with letting a receiver maybe – if you have one really good receiver, you can maybe get away with a couple guys that are more developmental, and the quarterback will elevate their play. Mm -hmm. In the case of Diggs and Thielen, you need those guys to elevate the play of whoever's playing quarterback for you, and that even includes an Alex Smith. I mean, there's guys you could bring in from the outside. You you really need those skill position players to make it work. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to bite the bullet and pay both Thielen and now Diggs going forward. Daniil Hunter is a really interesting case. I think he could be one of the best pass rushers in the NFL at some point here. He didn't get home as often in 2017. His sack totals dropped off, but it's not all about sack totals. It's about pressures right. and making quarterbacks uncomfortable. And you made him
1: a really good player.
0: Yes. Brian Robinson maybe retires. Uh, maybe the Vikings don't bring him back. So Dan, I, Daniil Hunter as an every-down guy in 2018 really intrigues me. So those— those are the two guys that I look at and say, I know that positionally you might not be as important as maybe like the, you know, the Mike linebacker or a shutdown potential corner, mm-hmm. but I don't think they can afford to give up a potential top pass rusher and a receiver that makes the quarterback
1: better. My list goes like this because it's tough. Uh, my top one is Diggs. I mean, Diggs has, if Diggs can ever play 16 games, it would be fantastic. But when Diggs is on the field, he changes things. So my top guy is Diggs. My second is Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendricks has, has made himself into a really good player. He's good in coverage. He plays an absolutely crucial role. So he's second. Hunter is my three. Wayne's is my four. And Barr is my five. Okay. And and here's what's weird. Two years ago, I think I said that, in, in my opinion, Barr was the linchpin of this defense. Incredibly important. Last year he really fell off. This year he came back. He was uh, in the PFF rankings at one point. This year he was top ten. He finished 40, among, among linebackers. Yes, or? among he finished forty fourth. Hmm. He, so he dropped during the course of two thousand seventeen. He dropped from ten from top ten to forty four. Hmm. He I think he is going to command be uh, partially based on reputation. That doesn't even count the playoff games, right? It does not include that. No. Ooh. It includes just during the course of the 16 uh, game season, and I think Barr is going to command a huge contract. I don't know. I want to pay that, so I actually drop him down. But so my top two are uh, are Diggs and Kendricks. Wayne's is a tricky one. You've turned Wayne's into a very good player, but when it comes to Zimmer's ability to coach defensive backs and corners in particular, he is fantastic.
0: Right, but Terrence Newman's gonna at some point like you're gonna have to say I know, goodbye no, to Terrence I'm sa- Newman. No,
1: I'm saying my point is this: if I'm looking at positions where I where I say we can't afford to keep a guy, where can where does my coach or coaching staff thrive? Yeah, cornerback is among them.
0: So Bar is yeah, Bar is definitely the most difficult one on this list of. And again, if you're just joining us, we're talking about five players that are up for contract extensions here very shortly: Trey Wayne, Stefan Diggs, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks. And Daniil Hunter, 651-646-8255, 615 I thought two years ago, Anthony Barr would be, I mean, I get that he's not hand in the grass, rushing the passer on a regular basis. He's a linebacker who sometimes will, will you know, be called upon to to get after the quarterback. I thought he'd be more of a force in the backfield than he is. And he's not great in coverage. Mm-hmm. It's... I'm trying to think of another example. I mean, it's a little like Andrew Wiggins where you see so much talent, but there's just this gap between where he's at productivity-wise and efficiency and where you think he could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Barr and you watch just how fast he is and how there's not an ounce of fat on his body, and he's he's one of the more ferocious, just physically imposing defensive players in the league. But then you look and it's like, okay, he's you know, 52 tackles and a one sack and
1: you know he didn't force any fumbles this year and i don't know and when he's playing well he, he can be dominant and fantastic but the question be- becomes this the inconsistency yeah like are are you going to get two years back i i said that in my opinion then he, he was the most important player on the defense and that he was jason taylor like two years ago now this year i saw it sometimes but i didn't see it consistently and if you're if you have to sit down and make a difficult decisions about who to keep, and I'm looking at a guy who, when he shows up, is absolutely great, but there are games where he, he sort of uh, disappears. I can't put that guy near the top of a list of guys that I'm potentially going to extend.
0: Yeah, that's the thing about the NFL. You know, it's you got to be, and that's why you and I have been so skeptical about paying 20-some million dollars a year to a Case Keenum type. If you start to, if these guys start to become free agents, and you say, well, you'd love to have the band back together, You, know, you know, in a vacuum, yeah, you'd love to take, See if Anthony Barr can figure it out for another three years, but if you have to pay, right? You know, seven, eight, nine million dollars a year to watch a guy try to figure it out, and that's the frustration to go cross sports again. Andrew Wiggins, you're gonna have you're paying Andrew Wiggins like twenty five to thirty million dollars a year to see if he can become mm-hmm. a max caliber player, mm-hmm. and he's been better lately, but you know, defensively, it's still very spotty. And for Anthony Barr, if you're gonna have to pay him like in in his prime, top linebacker and he's not quite there yet, or you're skeptical, then you might have to just say goodbye. Or disappear
1: for three games? Yeah. That's a real problem.
0: Uh, We're talking Vikings. If you have thoughts on what they should do at quarterback, 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500. Back to Baseball Hall of Fame conversation later on as well. It's Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. I want you to do it. The good Lord wants you to do it. You really think so? I know so. On
2: 1500. ESPN.
0: We're talking Vikings. We'll open up the lines here. What would you do with the quarterback situation? We also put five players on the table that are in line for extensions in the very near future. How would you prioritize them? Trey Wayne, Stefan Diggs, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Daniil Hunter. Anthony Barr has been underwhelming the last two years. He has. He started off hot this year. You know, you, you found the Nugget. Pro Football Focus had him ranked as the 44th linebacker, so he's just meh.
1: After being top 10.
0: Yes, but so, so 2018 is the fifth-year option for him that the Vikings exercised a couple years ago. Anthony Barr is set to be the second-highest-paid player on the team this upcoming year. His cap number is $12.3 million, just behind Xavier Rhodes at $13.4 million. In fact, there are eight highest-paid players going into next year, cap number only. Xavier Rhodes, Anthony Barr, Everson Griffin, Riley Reef, Harrison Smith, Linval mm-hmm. Joseph, Kyle Rudolph, and Sharif Floyd. So obviously, Sharif Floyd coming off the books is going to be. How does that work, by the way? Do they get to recoup some of that cat money? If they had insurance
1: on, on him, I think they get no, to, I mean, like, to recoup ca- some of mo- the cat money. The cat money for next year. Yeah. If he retires, I think it's off the books. Okay. So he, he's going to have to, which I would guess he's he's going to have to do to trigger his own insurance policy of some sort. So yeah, I think if he retires now. Then then his cap hit is gone from the two thousand eighteen books yeah. for the Vikings. So other
0: than him, the only one that doesn't belong here, if you're ranking Vikings players on the roster, Anthony Barr is the one that yeah. stands out, ooh, a little bit uh a
1: little bit over. Very pricey there. for a linebacker.
0: Six five one six four six eight two five five. What's up, Andrew? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good man.
2: Yeah. Uh my top three and I think they're uh one A, B, C. I mean, you would be foolish to get rid of it. Uh Kendricks, uh Diggs. Or Hunter, uh, you got to look at need risk whenever you're doing extensions. Uh, bar is the biggest risk by far. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, Wayne's ain't far behind. But I mean, when was the last time we had a you know uh, a good middle linebacker and like a, you know a safety blanket in the middle? I mean, you cannot get rid of Kendrick. Agreed, Diggs. I think you. I think you gotta keep Diggs and Thielen together. That's a five-year window of two stud wide receivers. You don't want to give up. Yeah, you and know, then with Hunter, you got to keep. Uh, I mean, Everson Griffin. I mean, think of the double teams or triple teams are coming at Griffin if you get rid of Hunter. I mean, Robinson's gone. You got to keep somebody on the other side. Up
0: yeah, that's exactly. Griffin. Andrew brings up the good point about Hunter. That's why, even though it feels like he was a little underwhelming this last year, there's there's a lot there. On the Kendrick's point, to go back to that Saints game, the Vikings defense got shredded in the second half, and on paper and everything. But if you watch some of the actual plays that happened, that touchdown pass to Alvin Kamara that put the Saints up 21-20 to in the corner of the end zone, Eric Kendricks was blanketing him. He was—I mean, it wasn't quite like Ben Lieber in the 2009 NFC Championship game where he got called for a phantom pass interference. It was just great coverage. I mean, there was a little bit of a gap there, but Kendricks is is good. Kendricks tackles, and uh, you can trust him for the most part in coverage on running backs and tight ends. He's not the best linebacker in the NFL, but he's. I think he's more reliable he to is. Andrew's point than Anthony Barr, and yeah. it's not really that close.
1: A, a few a few years back, I think that you would have for sure said Barr and then Kendricks, and I think it's flipped now. I think if you're if you are looking at a guy who plays this defense consistent consistently solid, it's Kendricks. So yeah, I mean, he is. I think he's the type of guy who who you make the investment in uh, because he's matured, he's improved and you, I think, from week to week with Kendrick's know what you're going to get, and that's the problem with Barr. I don't think that you know on a week-to-week basis. And when we are talking about salaries such as $12.3 million, you better know what you're going to get yeah. consistently.
0: Here, Here's one thing when it comes to Stefan Diggs. This is where you get into a difficult conundrum. The highest-paid wide receivers right now, I mean, wide receivers are are living a nice life in the NFL right now. The highest paid in terms of average annual value, Antonio Brown makes 17 million, DeAndre Hopkins, 16, AJ Green, 15. They're, the top wide receivers are approaching franchise quarterback type money. I mean, Antonio Brown, who might be one of the three greatest receivers to ever walk, so that might be a let's take him off the board. DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Demarius Thomas. Des Bryant, all of them are making 14 million or more per mm-hmm. year, up to 16 million. Franchise quarterbacks make sixteen, eighteen, twenty million dollars. And obviously quarterback is a much more valuable position than wide receiver, unless you're giving me an Antonio Brown all-time type of guy. But if we're talking about a Stefan Diggs contract extension, and I think if he, you know, if if he can prove that he's healthy, he belongs in the category of top 15 receivers. Yes, oh, which yeah. means he belongs in the 11, 12, 13, 14 million dollars per year territory. That's what his agent's going to vouch for. Mm-hmm. Adam Thielen, you kind of got lucky there because you snuck in a contract extension for Thielen that's more like seven million dollars a year. And he had the big year last year, but then he broke out even more this year. And if he could renegotiate again, he'd be paid even more than seven million dollars. Do you want to get into a situation where you're paying maybe more money for two wide receivers than almost any other team in the NFL? Because look at some of these teams that are paying that much. You know, again, take away Antonio Brown. DeAndre Hopkins, the Texans, missed the playoffs. Bengals, missed the playoffs. Packers, I know they missed the playoffs, but bring Aaron Rodgers back. They're going to be fine. Um, Broncos, missed the playoffs. Cowboys, missed the playoffs. Colts, see a trend here? You start to pay wide receivers overinflated amounts of money, and then the rest of your roster, maybe more
1: more important positions start to suffer. Yes. If, if Thielen had gotten a way above market contract, I think this is more of a problem. But because he didn't, now he's in, in a position, I think, where he could basically come back to them and try and start to restructure or re- renegotiate himself if he continues to have success after 2018. But for the short term now, I found Diggs, I developed him, I'm keeping him. He's that good. The only thing with Diggs that concerns you is... Is he seems to get hurt and and miss a couple games, but when you go to the lengths that the Vikings did to find him as what a fifth round pick, develop him, I'm keeping him. Yeah, yeah. The Adam, he's, Thielen he's thing. good. He's good enough to qualify in that list of this is a guy that you can't let walk.
0: I've got i got a full list of like every wide receiver and how much money they make, average annual value. Adam Thielen is like thirtieth on this list. Yeah, even after the contract extension, mm-hmm. he's he's behind Sammy Watkins. Who was barely thrown to last year with the Rams. Mm -hmm. Rashard Matthews. He's behind Torrey Smith. Seth Roberts (laughs) with the Raiders. I'm
1: sure he's a great guy, Seth Roberts.
0: He's behind aging Brandon Marshall. Yep. Um, He's behind Travis Benjamin with the Chargers. He's behind Golden Tate. Corey Davis is a rookie. He's he makes two million less per year on average
1: than Corey Davis. His his base salary this year is two point nine million. It bumps up to three point nine in two thousand nineteen, and five point four in the last year of his contract in two thousand twenty. Yeah, so, I, I mean think, it's
0: it's still a good living. Oh no, it's a great living. But it's but way it's, under yes. market value. But for what him.
1: I, but what I'm saying is, as long as Thielen is playing under the terms of this contract, I can probably afford to go to digs and be generous. Yeah. You know uh Tavon Austin makes 11 million dollars a year. Who the hell gave Tavon Austin 11 million dollars a year? Same folks who who thought he was going to be the next Percy Harvin but Alan without the migraines. God. That's who gave Tavon Austin mm-hmm. that money. Although
0: you know the Packers actually the I think the Packers spend more money on wide receivers than any team in the league. The Packers have 3 of the 15 highest paid receivers in the NFL. What's
1: Jordy making these days?
0: He's sitting around $10 million a year right there with Randall Cobb, and Devontae Adams is up to $14.5 million. So the Packers are spending about $35 million wow. on wide receivers per year. And they have
1: Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Ted Thompson, dude. And when he's gone, That's guess ridiculous. what? Ridiculous. Those guys... Aren't worth very much. Uh, no, Jordy Nelson uh, can't catch passes that uh, that are thrown to him that are either too far or That's wide amazing. of him. Or it's like you got you have the best quarterback in the league talent wise,
0: and you're spending thirty five million dollars of your hundred ninety million dollar cap on a position the, that he elevates.
1: Oh my god! The remarkable th- thing to watch in some defense. The remarkable thing to watch was in that Viking Packer game a, a few weeks back. As Packer players attempted to piece out of that game as quickly as possible. Yeah, Jordy Nelson will not return with an ankle. Yeah, which which is code for Jordy Nelson is sick of this bleep. He exactly. will not be back. Exactly. All right, you brought up a great
0: point on yesterday's show, and people can find it on demand. And I, and I agree with you. If you're the Vikings, go get a sure thing at quarterback. And we ca- we settled on one year of Alex Smith, who makes twenty million dollars this upcoming season. Then he's a free agent you probably wouldn't have to give up a whole lot to get him. The Chiefs maybe looking to pivot to the first round rookie quarterback Mahomes that they've traded up for. All right, do we actually want Alex Smith in a Vikings uniform? Let's talk to somebody who's been watching him on a on a, you know, weekly basis for several years. Bob Fesco is the morning show host, does a great show on 610 Sports in Kansas City. We'll talk to Bob when we come back. Talk more Vikings and get back to some of our Hall of Fame discussions a little bit later on. Before we do anything else though, uh, the Super Bowl is in town, obviously, and the Super Bowl experience driven by Genesis at the Minneapolis Convention Center is the place to be if you're a huge football fan. Saturday, January 27th through the following Saturday, February 3rd, so up until the day before the Super Bowl. So I'm going to give you a few things that you can experience uh, it's it's the hub of fan activity in Minneapolis. So if you're wondering, you know, where are, there's so many things and there's so many different opportunities to see things, experience things, the Super Bowl experience is where you should start. We're talking interactive games where you can test your football skills, get a photo with the Lombardi Trophy, watch youth football clinics, get merchandise from NFL Shop, uh, daily player autograph sessions, and also a wide range of other football themed experiences. Tickets for adults are just $35, kids just $25, and you can find them at Ticketmaster.com. You can pick your day, pick your time, so go get a preferred time slot of your choosing. It's the Super Bowl experience driven by Genesis at the Minneapolis Convention Center. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgak. The Minnetonka Police Department's investigative unit described the relationship between the two as on again, off again at a press
2: conference this morning. Mackey and Judd also said there's been a history of domestic incidents between the two on 1500 ESPN.
3: I think I just said that we're going to work through the process. Did I just say that? Well, I'm going to work through the process just like I always do. We're going to evaluate all the players. We're going to evaluate everybody and we're going to go like our business like we always
0: do. I still think it's hilarious that Mike Zimmer at his season-ending press conference when asked about, hey, man, Case Keenum had an amazing career season and... You know, led you to the playoffs. You got a little rocky at the end there, but what are your thoughts? He's like, I'm not going to talk about that. We're going to go through the process. Well, what
1: about Teddy? Oh my God! Let me courageous soldier. Glad you asked that question because I have this (laughs) litany written down about what Teddy's done. Oh, it's first human being in the world to come back this quick from this knee problem. So we
0: we came up with earlier in the week a list of like seven quarterbacks that are either available from outside the organization potentially or the three that you had under contract, and we're kind of ranking them. And uh, one that we landed on yesterday that could be interesting is Alex Smith, one year, $20 million left on his contract and a first-round pick banging on the door in Kansas City. So let's go to Kansas City, 6'10 sports, Bob Fesco hosts Fesco in the morning, and we wanted to go to somebody who has watched Alex Smith, as torturous as that might be for Chiefs fans throughout the years, and, and we want you to tell us, should we want to swing a trade with the Chiefs for Alex Smith here in the Twin Cities, Bob?
4: I would think if you guys are smart, you would offer two first-round picks today to the Chiefs to wow. make sure you get him. That's how, <laughs> that's how coveted Alex Smith is going to be, and I know the Vikings are listening right now. They may want to kick in a third first-round pick just to make sure. That the Kansas City Chiefs send Alex Smith up to Minnesota. That's how that's how hot the market is going to be for Alex Smith. But I, you might I have like, to throw in like Jared Alex.
0: Allen again if we're going to give up that many first-round picks. <laughs> yeah, yeah
4: the, the ghost of Jared Allen right now you could have as well for that. But I, I like Alex Smith. I think he's a really good quarterback. I mean, he's not he's not a great quarterback like everybody wants. But there's only about five or six of those maybe in the NFL right now. Maybe there's only three of those in the NFL right now. So I think he falls into that next you know category. He's going to help you win some football games. He's going to make you better as a franchise and he did that here in kansas city double digit wins every single year that he was the uh, the quarterback here except for for one season that that second year here they made the playoffs all the time won a playoff game obviously mm-hmm. I, I think alex smith is a nice quarterback that can help a team like the vikings with a really good defense maybe take it to that next step
1: so bob i, I think the, the thought here is alex smith come on i mean look at his stats he's conservative he's this he, he he's that case it is just fine uh Having watched him on a weekly basis, what what does he bring to uh, to a team that that fans who just look at his stats and the highlights don't understand? Do you think?
4: He'll never lose a game for you, and that's the one thing that you can rely on and count on with Alex Smith. He's never going to put you in a position to lose a game. You're never going to lose a game because Alex Smith cost you a ball game by throwing a pick-six or something like that or doing something stupid. He's never going to make a boneheaded play. He's always going to make the smart play, and it may not be the play that you want to see. It may not be the 50-yard bomb or anything like that, but it's going to be a smart play, and he's going to use his legs. I mean, this guy is probably the most underrated running quarterback in the NFL. He can run with the best of them. He knows when to run, he knows how to get out of bounds, he knows how to get a first down, he knows how to continue to move the chain. He's just a solid football player. I mean, he's nothing flashy, it's nothing fancy, but the guy's a solid football player that can help you win football games.
0: Like what's the percent chance he's he's in a different uniform? Cuz obviously it, it, when you draft a quarterback in the first round and, uh, and he's knocking on the door. I mean, Aaron Rodgers did sit for three years, but that was kind of a different era even, 12 years ago, you know, 10 years ago. Percent yeah. chance Alex Smith is wearing a different uniform in your mind week one of the regular season?
4: Well, I, I say 99.9%. I, I, I just don't think if the Chiefs want to get better, they can keep Alex Smith on the roster because he is about an $18 million salary cap hit this year. They need to find a way to get out from underneath that so they can get younger on the defensive side of the football, You know, spend the money on an inside linebacker, spend some money. Uh, on defensive tackles because they need that as well. They, they still need to get, I think, a little bit better on the offensive line. I mean, we're looking at a, at a group right now on defense that is considerably older than it has been. And so with the offense being as young as it is, you don't want an old defense holding them back. So I think, I think for the Chiefs to get better overall, they need to get rid of Alex Smith, not because Alex can't play anymore, but because they did trade up to the number 10 overall pick for Patrick Mahomes, um, and they need to get younger, and they need to add some guys on the other side to get out of the salary cap you know, purgatory that they're in right now.
1: They traded a two second-round picks to San Fran for Smith at the time, correct?
4: That's exactly right, yeah.
1: What, what do you think, realistically, if the Vikings called, what do you think the Chiefs would ask for in return for Alex Smith then?
4: I think they probably want a second-round pick back in return for Alex Smith, but I think you'd also be satisfied with a third-round pick back in return. I I also think anything that you can get back in return for Alex Smith right now is a good thing because I think a lot of teams are looking at it and realizing Alex Smith right now is a guy that most likely, if, if he's not traded for, it's probably gonna have to be released. So maybe a team doesn't have to give up anything for him. But if you really covet him, if you're the if you're the Cardinals or the Browns for that matter, or maybe up there in Minnesota, if you really covet him, you'll give something up to ensure that you do get him.
0: I need to pause the show for a second and take I need to break the fourth wall. So Bob Fesco's our guest. When when Bob said, All right, you know, maybe a third rounder for Alex Smith, Judd and I looked at each other like, Whoa, whoa, okay that shows the level of of beer goggle uh viewing that we've like quarterback beer goggles are a thing here in the Twin Cities Bob and mm-hmm. if if we could just check ourselves at the door and say you know what if if we get excited over Alex Smith third round pick uh that shows that we've gone a long time in this town without like a true top caliber franchise quarterback
4: <laughs> well I mean welcome to our world too yeah I mean, for the first time since 1983 the Chiefs drafted a quarterback in the first round. And it was Mahomes. You know, Mahomes is the first quarterback since Todd Blackledge in 1983 to win a game for this franchise. So that's amazing. Mean, we know beer goggles when it comes to quarterbacks, and we've got ours on with Pat Mahomes right now. And that's
0: the problem here. We're trying to be objective about Case Keenum. Keenum did a really good job. But right. and, and he even said by his own description a few weeks ago, hey, they gave me the keys to a Porsche. This defense allows like 14 points a game or whatever it is, 16 points a game. He's got Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen. It's, a, it, it's great when you're a quarterback and you can sit in a Ferrari and drive it around and not crash it, but you can't count on that being the case every year. So I guess from our standpoint, we think Alex Smith is a step up and you know what you're getting at least over the course of a 10-year sample size over Case mm-hmm. Keenum. And uh, you don't have to lock into maybe a three or four year deal. You maybe just try them out for a year and see what happens. That's kind of the way we look at it. What do you think of Case from afar?
4: Uh, you know, I thought I thought fine. I mean, like if you're asking me, Case Keenum or Alex Smith, I'm taking Alex Smith every day of the week and yeah. it's on Sundays. You uh-huh. know, obviously, you know, with with a defense like Minnesota, you can use Case Keenum as your quarterback and still get to the NFC Championship game. So, I mean, I, I think it, I think it's really hard. And this sounds so stupid, like to get past the name Case Keenum. Like you hear that name and you just go ick. You know, it's like it doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't excite you. It doesn't think like you're going to go out there and win a Super Bowl because – name's Case Keenum and you know he's got a track record of doing nothing and so uh, not that Alex Smith has got this great track record but at least he's been to NFC championship games before he's had the opportunity you know in the postseason for multiple different organizations I, I don't know I-, I just think Alex Smith is a better quarterback perceptual wise mm-hmm. than Case Keenum but you can't deny what they did this year I mean you went to the NFC championship game and we just love for a playoff win here in Kansas City yeah. if
1: there is one thing about a Smith that still drives you folks crazy what would that be do you think
4: I think for for a lot of people it's the fact that they claim he doesn't throw the ball downfield, but he, he totally got out of that mindset this year. I, I thought Matt Nagy was brilliant with him this year. Those two did like took the offseason and figured out, all right, what works for you and what do you do well and how can we make it work? And they went all the way back to – His his college days, and they were pulling, you know, read option stuff out there. He's running the football and opening up the passing game. And with the emergence of Tyree Kill and Albert Wilson and and really Kareem Hunt in the passing game, they were able to throw the ball downfield better than they've ever done it before. And so I think that was the biggest knock on Alex Smith. And I, I think a lot of people want him to get, you know, more of a spine, take more chances, but. I've always been good with Alex Smith. I'm one of the few that that actually like the quarterback here because I know what else is out there. And when you have a really good one, you don't pass up on a really good one because you want something better. And I I think part of the problem here in Kansas City is that we just haven't had a big-time quarterback in in 30 years. You know, here in Kansas City, that's our own.
1: The flip side, though, is, is fans want quarterbacks to take chances until they do and they don't work. Yeah, right. That's the yeah, problem.
4: Exactly. Right, exactly. And then and then you come in on Monday morning, oh I can't believe he threw that interception. Yep. But on Friday you said take a chance, and there he did, he took a chance and he threw an interception. So yeah. you can't have it both ways.
0: Exactly. Uh Hat, Royals question for you. What's uh first of all, we're we're sitting here waiting for any free agents to sign. You Darvish might sign sometime this week and the twins are linked, but
4: uh Eric Hosmer, any movement there? What are the Royals up to these days? Nobody knows, and I don't think baseball even knows what they're up to right now. Like, I I talk to people inside that organization, and they just look at me and they go, How the hell do we know what's going to happen? You know? Like, like Eric Cosmer, I think, is the key to everything for the Royals, depending on which direction they want to go. But nobody knows what's going to happen. There's no movement right now in anything. I mean, it's been the it's been the oddest baseball offseason for everybody. And you know, the Padres had their Twitter account allegedly hacked today, <laughs> where they put Hosler's picture up and all that kind of nonsense, and that caused a little panic here in Kansas City. But. I mean, nobody knows. I think Scott Boris is just sitting around pouting right now because nobody's going to sign his guys. Yeah,
1: Collusion, Bob. Somebody is going to, and and, and it's going to take a while, in my opinion, to play out here, but I think we are going to, at some point, within the next six months to a year, have a collusion case filed because this is just too weird. It's not just pitchers. It's too many players.
4: Right, 124, I think, are still unsigned yep. today. Yeah. Bob
0: Fesco from Fesco in the Morning, 610 Sports in Kansas City. Thank you for the Alex Smith insight. Uh, we really appreciate it, Bob.
4: You got it, Phil. Thank thanks you, thanks Bob. so much for having me. All right, exactly. you can
0: uh, find him in the mornings. He does a show from, I believe it's 6 to 10 o'clock in, I can't a that's third, A, a third-round pick? Okay, let's dissect some of that. Because he, I mean, he's much more plugged into what the Chiefs think about Smith, what yes. the climate is there, what they might
1: t- yes, exactly. and what
0: what it might take. Yep. And so let's come back and talk about that, and uh, we can also mix in more phone calls. How about this? Would you try to third round pick for one year of Alex Smith? Bring Bridgewater back, like you said yesterday. Let's say on a three year deal, mm-hmm. and say, all right, you're gonna st- we're gonna incentives if you do start, but we want you long term. It's just. Hey, we got a Super Bowl window here, and we need some insurance policies. Mm-hmm. 651-646-8255. Would Teddy even do that? 877-615-1500. It's Mackie and Judd.
2: Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. You don't seem like a public menace to me. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
4: And hey, new today on digital from director George Clooney. Don't miss the darkly comedic thriller Suburbicon matt damon julianne moore and oscar isaac star in the film critics are calling smart funny and entertaining and full of twists and turns get suburbicon on fandango now two weeks before blu-ray rated r from paramount pictures and enter to win a digital hd download right now on the 1500 espn stream player
0: gentlemen uh, we might need a new intro for segments like these that we've been doing this week we we might need a like a reckless speculation intro of some kind <laughs> and Judd recklessly speculate about the Vikings' offseason and quarterback situation with no regard for truth or reality.
1: Let's call it Listen Up Winter Park.
0: Listen Up Winter Park. We know you're probably just going to re-sign Teddy Bridgewater and take a shot. Here's what you should do according Mm -hmm. to Mackie and Judd.
1: Yes, you're on (laughs) the right course. I love that. A third, That's right. we know. <laughs> a third round pick for Alex. Oh, And think about this, too. Let's Ar- summarize real quick. Okay. Bob Fesco
0: Go just joined us from 610 Sports in Kansas City. He's he's their morning show host. He's super plugged in in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. He's you know I, I think he would have a much better feel for the climate, Alex Smith. He said there's a 99% chance in his mind that the Chiefs trade Alex Smith this offseason because he's got one year left in his deal, and they got Pat Mahomes waiting to start. Makes and they've kind of sense. like they've run into a wall in Kansas City. Their yeah. defense took a step back. They just it's kind of the end of that quarterback era. Mm-hmm. Um and and when you asked, "Well, how much would a team have to give up?" and he said, "Probably a second rounder, but maybe a third rounder." And I'm and you and I both looked at each other like, "Wait, you can give up a well, third round pick and get Alex Smith who's better than Case Keenum for one year, 20 million dollars?" And then maybe you can bring Bridgewater back, too. I don't know how that dynamic would work. He might not be in love with that. But
1: And then he said that that if you don't do that, Smith probably gets let go and is on the open market, which actually makes it tougher. Because if he gets out on the open market, and now you've got, let's say, Arizona needs a quarterback, Buffalo, teams like that. So if you go to them and you say third-round pick, and and once again, the Zolgad plan, the key to this entire plan is this. You bring Teddy back on a three-year incentive-laden deal, you tell Teddy, okay, you sat out all all of last year. Our window is still open. You are our guy long term, but we want one year of you w- one more year of you basically being a good soldier here with the job based with the job being yours in 2019 to sit behind Alex Smith and the key to the deal for Smith is this. It's a one year contract. Cuz if you go resign case, it's over. Teddy's gone unless you franchise case. Yeah, that's true. But I would expensive. rather have I would rather pay $20 million for for 1 year of Alex Smith than franchise case. So the case for, here's where the the price is sort of similar.
0: The franchise tag would be like almost $24 million for Case Keenum for 1 year. Mm-hmm. So you'd get Alex Smith for $4 million less but also a third round pick
1: which yes. I don't care as much about because you're in a win-now window. But with that being said, the thing that scares me about uh, going the case route is if I franchise case and I bring him back for 2018, I don't know what I'm getting. With Alex Smith, I'm pretty certain. You're very certain. I'm I'm certain, and and I know that the head coach is going to be much more at ease with Smith as his quarterback because, as Fesco said, Alex Smith doesn't make stupid mistakes. Zimmer's whole season was spent in fear of Case making stupid yeah. mistakes.
0: I don't know if you can win a Super Bowl with Alex Smith. I don't think the Chiefs you know, would would agree. Yeah, the Chiefs obviously have not won a Super Bowl with Alex Smith. So this isn't you – know, people are probably – some of them are screaming at the radio is like, well, I mean, Alex Smith, you guys are overvaluing Alex Smith. No. We're saying you need a sure thing at quarterback. Case Keenum is not a sure thing. And even if he is, Alex Smith – last year was better than Case Keenum last year and has at least proven over the course of a chunk of time that he can, he can captain teams that regularly win 13, 11, 11, like his, his record with the Kansas city chief. Actually, let's just go with his career record. Mm -hmm. It's 88, 62 and one. And that's with some really good defenses in San Francisco and early part of his Kansas city career. But in large part, it's just very steady, Accurate, consistent. This year they mixed in the the down-the-field shots a lot more, and his numbers shot up through the roof yardage-wise. And he's
1: got the arm to take those.
0: Right. So I would would say this. If Alex Smith's biggest problem the last few years, if you list them, lack of playoff success and also, um, let's say, being too much of a check-down Charlie... Well, they sort of fixed with just scheming offensively differently and having a come-to-Jesus meeting with him. He threw the ball downfield a lot more and was more successful and wound up with the best passer rating in the NFL this year, 104.7. And on the playoff failure thing, he's like 2-5 and in the playoffs. Keep in mind, in his AFC bracket, it's Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady all over the place. Mm Mm-hmm. And they play those teams in the regular season, too, on a regular basis. Now, you also have to play Tom Brady in the regular season because the Vikings schedule falls that way. Mm -hmm. But at least you don't have to face Tom Brady in the NFC bracket until you get to the Super Bowl. So, you know, it would be a huge risk factor, but it's only one year. It might only be a third-round pick. You know what you're getting with him more than you would with Teddy Bridgewater or Case Keenum or Sam Bradford's knee. It's interesting.
1: And the point on Smith is, is this too. Uh for now, forget the playoffs. I'm talking about coming back next season alone. I'm talking about starting with game one. Sure. Because I don't know if Keenum can replicate what he did. And in fact, my gut tells me there's a good chance he can't. And if you get to if you franchise case and you get to week three and all of a sudden it's like, boy, last year was special and this year's not, you're in trouble. Now now you could put Teddy back in at that point. I get that. But my point is, if you get Smith, you know what you're getting automatically. You're getting a reliable quarterback who can throw deep, who's not going to sabotage you. And most importantly, this entire conversation about this team goes back to the fact that their success does largely rotate around the success of their defense. Yeah. So what you are looking for, what Zimmer is trying to find is... Who gives me the best chance at quarterback not to screw things up and occasionally make the big play, but you don't have to have a horseshoe, as he said about Keenum? Uh,
0: email from Russ here. Mm-hmm. Actually, more reckless speculation about the Vikings offseason. Let's go to the inbox. Russ emails in. Let's fleece the Chiefs. <laughs> he said they need a linebacker. Give them Anthony Barr and ask for Alex Smith. And a third-round pick in return. Whoa. Whoa! That's some reckless off-season speculation.
1: Oh, listen up, Winter Park. That's a great—I sort of (laughs) like that idea. I like that idea. How about that? We're sending you a great young linebacker. You don't know how good this kid can be. And all we want is your quarterback who's going to have an expiring contract after 2018 and a third-round pick.
0: Uh, two Teddy related questions off this one from DJ and one from I. It, it fell too far down in my timeline on Twitter. I can't. I'll just put these two together. Mm-hmm. What if Teddy Bridgewater walks if the Vikings trade for Alex Smith? I'd rather have Teddy long term. And then somebody else asked us on Twitter. So now you're talking about Teddy sitting for three years after surgery, if you if you bring him back to sit behind, let's say, an Alex Smith? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's already sat for two, so like, if he's willing to sit for a third, I'm not sure. If he's in practice and plays in preseason games, I don't know how much of a difference there really is. Mm-hmm. And uh, to DJ's question, what if you know, would Teddy walk if the Vikings sign Alex Smith? I don't know how many—this is where the Vikings have an advantage with Teddy. The Vikings are the only team in the NFL that has actually seen him a lot outside of the— handful of plays he played and it was a disaster in that game uh you know at US Bank Stadium so right. like i don't think any team is going to say we'll give you starter money the vikings could still give him a good incentive-laden contract if they feel like he's the long-term option. Mm-hmm. It's possible the Vikings are just the team that's going to give him the best deal regardless, right? Sure. Like someone would have to say, "We haven't seen you in 2 years and we're going to pay you a bunch of well, money to be our starting
1: quarterback." I don't see that happening. If somebody if if you go to Teddy right now and lay this plan out and attempt to execute this plan and Teddy says, "I'm going to hit the market in March." I think it's it's March 14th. And yes. he hits the market, and the Jets come to him and say, Teddy, here's a three-year, multi-million dollar contract w- with guaranteed cash. Guess what? He's gone. Because at that point, there, there's a good chance that if you're the Vikings, you're not paying that, right? So basically what this is is you go to Teddy and you say, here's our plan. And long-term, you you are our guy. But if what Zim went through a couple days ago, that, that whole script that he read off to us is right, if it's a 24-month basically recovery period, then you could make a very good case that Teddy in 2019, you're our guy, fully recovered, set to go. I'm just saying if the option, if option one in the Vikings' mind is let's franchise Case and try and bring Teddy back, I would much rather give up a third-round pick and get Smith than franchise Case yeah. Keenum.
0: Uh and for the record, Alex Smith in the two most prominent Chiefs playoff losses the last five years where, like, and he tends to get the front man blame for their playoff failures, where they lost at, they blew a huge lead at Indianapolis in 2013, and then they, lost, they blew another huge lead against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. In those two games, Alex Smith went for 378, four touchdowns, no picks against Indy on the road. That was four years ago. Mm-hmm. And then a couple weeks ago, he went for 72% completions, 264, two touchdowns, no picks, 10 yards per attempt. So he didn't melt down. The defense melted yeah, down that's not in those not games. Him. Yeah. yeah, that's no, not him. And not that the Vikings would be immune this, to that. This plan, that this plan makes some sense. It does. Look at us. just Reckless speculation with Mackey and John.
1: Recklessly I Rick, speculating. I bet Rick Spielman's team. on the phone right now with the Chiefs. He streams it for sure.